You're listening to Women Transcend. I'm Jennifer Todd, and this is a podcast that explores issues that impact women and girls worldwide. Each episode, we take on a topic and discuss the particular impact it has on women and girls and how they're able to overcome or transcend. Hi, friends. Thanks for joining us and welcome to a new year. It is 2018. Happy New Year. Yeah. So um, we are back. We had a couple of weeks off and we're back with some great topics. We are going to put two words together for this episode, for today's episode. And those two words are parenthood and guilt. And more specifically, motherhood and guilt. And what's there to feel guilty about? <laughs> well, thank you for asking, John. It's that's an interesting point. Um, one of the things that we really need to think about is that question: what What is there to feel guilty about? Because if you are a parent, especially if you're a mother, um, you're feeling it. You may not have put a word to it. But it's part of being a parent and certainly part of being a mother. You feel guilty. So, for example, my daughter was in camp over the holiday break when she was out of school. And mom and dad are still working. So we packed her lunch every morning and sent her to camp. And I would love to say that I'm super mom and that I got up at five o'clock and I, you know, made some homemade lunch that I could put in a canteen that would keep it warm so that my baby girl would have this wonderful, yeah, of course, homemade from fresh vegetables and hot and ready, you know. With little faces built in with, you know, the... Of course, and a sandwich that I would have a cookie cutter, like smiley face right. that I would cut out, like yeah. So she would have this, you know, the homemade soup. That's and, fun to eat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. But you didn't do that. <laughs> For and, shame. Yeah, I know exactly, exactly. Shame. That is exactly what we're talking about. So instead, she had one of these pre-prepared meals. I, I won't say the brand name, but it's easy to pack. She likes them. Not as healthy as, you know, if I would have gotten up at five in the morning to make homemade vegetable soup every day. But this is the reality of parenting and especially motherhood these days is we have more demands on our time and something has to give. Yeah. And usually for women, for mothers, it's our time that we might otherwise do something for ourselves, you know, read a a favorite book, spend time with friends, you know, whatever it is, a a hobby that you like to do, exercising. These are the things that fall off the desk first. And so we do the best that we can to hold together these frayed ends of our lives, but something has to give. And so we even though we'd like to send our children to school or to camp with, you know, wonderful, fresh, organic, uh, locally sourced vegetables every day, 
it's just not realistic for most yeah. moms. Yeah. And I think that there is a double standard for moms and dads. So if a child goes to school and unpacks a Lunchable, whether this is imagined or not, moms think the assumption is that maybe the lunch lady, maybe the teacher, somebody is noticing and thinking, oh, that mom did not do right by that child. That is junk food. And you're right. There's definitely a, a gender difference. You know, in our house, we uh, split pretty evenly the amount of time that we spend preparing snacks and, and lunches for camps and that sort of thing. And uh, if somebody says something about what we're sending, it's almost always framed around the, the mother having packed the lunch. It's definitely something that is often perceived as being the mom's responsibility. And if for some reason, um, lack of time one day or whatever, the blame often will lie on the mom, even if it was um, the other parent's responsibility. That day. Yeah. And so our discussion today isn't about gender roles, but it is about, it, it is to the extent that moms are feeling that part of our gender role is to be everything to all people. And the guilt that comes along with that because it's impossible. That is, you know, it's an impossible standard. Yeah. And we do the best that we can, and we have to give ourselves permission to sometimes not be perfect. And we also have to give other moms permission not to be perfect all the time. And moms do the best that they can for the most part, obviously there are exceptions, yeah. but there is a, a guilt that moms take on that if there is a problem that I have failed the child. You know, if you're running late and you don't have time to make this beautiful spread for dinner, but you just have to grab something on the go. So it's crackers in the car. Cra yeah. You feel guilty about that. Exactly. We have to give ourselves permission. You know, we're doing the best that we can. And this may be not be ideal for today, but for today, this is the best that I can do to care for my children. Another confounding factor is economics. We might just not be able to afford what we would like to give our children. Yeah. And there's guilt with that too. You know, if I took on another job, maybe I could get that expensive toy that my child wants, or maybe... I could pay for the expensive camp they want to go to, or they could go to that expensive private school, you know, whatever. Yeah. The list could go on and on. And if we let ourselves, that list will go on and on. But we have to acknowledge as moms, especially as moms, but as parents as well, that we do the best that we can. And if we take on too much guilt that it's going to impact the way that we are able to parent our children and you know that's really the most important it's not about whether you end up having dinner in the car because you're you know rush into a, a you know music lesson or whatever it's about being a present parent for your child yeah yep you got to take a broader view and realize what is reasonable to expect of yourself. 
and to trust to some extent your ability to make things right on a different day. And this is really kind of taboo, I think. It's Um, kind of like if you, you might feel like if you back off the guilt, then you're just giving up and you're never going to get there. It's almost like having the guilt a little bit in the back of your mind is, I think, for some people, a motivator to try to keep getting it right. Yeah. And if you back off of that, then you're just giving up and you don't care about it anymore. But that's not necessarily true. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. This is an aspect of parenting that people don't acknowledge. And, you know, when you are planning for children or when you have little ones, you know, you have this false perception that um, you're going to do it different and you're going to do it right. And it's no preservative will pass the lips of my child. (laughs) And they won't watch, you know, zero screen time. We're not even going to have a TV. And, uh, you know, you have these ideals. Mm -hmm. But the reality is that sometimes you won't be a perfect parent. Um, Most of the time you won't. Yeah. And you have to be okay with just doing the best that you can. So stay tuned. We have a really good interview. I have a great discussion with Dr. Lakeisha Anderson, who talks about her experience being a guilty mom of two. She is an amazing, she's an amazing mom. She is a superhero, I think. But stay tuned. It's a great discussion. And it's just an honest discussion about the guilt of being a mom. Coming up next is my interview with Dr. Lakeisha Anderson. Lakeisha is the Associate Director for Academic and Professional Affairs at the National Communication Association. Welcome to Women Transcend Lakeisha. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm really glad that you have come back to talk with us. We have previously spoken with you about postpartum depression, which was a fascinating episode. And I am looking forward to discussing something that I I feel like we're crossing into taboo territory here, but I think it's really important. And I'd like to discuss the guilt of motherhood or the the guilt associated with traditional motherhood. So I think that this is sort of, it feels like the dirty secret. You know, when you bring your baby home from the hospital, your life ever after is supposed to be, you know, sunshine and, and butterflies. And it is. But there's also a lot of responsibility and adjustment and a huge change in your life that that can be difficult. Do you think that's fair to say? Yes, I think that even prior to becoming a mother, we start to become more cognizant of the fact that we're going to be different people. But I think the minute that we give birth, we become different, right? There's a difference in that minute before you give birth and the minute after you give birth. I've heard so many people say one minute, literally, I wasn't a mother. And the next minute, I literally was a mother. And the difference in those two minutes was everything. And it's true. The anxiety that comes 
in that one minute is everything. You, you immediately start wondering, is there 10 fingers and 10 toes? Is, is everything okay? And from that minute on, it's constant worry and constant struggle and constant anxiety and constant guilt. So from then on, it's, it's all about another person and very much less about you. And that's not just your interpretation of events. It's society's interpretation of events. It's from the minute that child comes into the world, it's, is the baby okay? Is, you know, how are we taking care of the baby? Even, even when the baby is born, it's let's go over here and take care of the baby and let's score it on an APGAR chart. And then we'll come back and take care of the mom in a few minutes. And it, it becomes very much about taking care of a child and well child visits and how's the baby doing? Does the baby need anything? And let's go see the baby. Let's not go see the mom, but let's go see the baby uh-huh. and grandparents asking about a baby. So society, medical um, interventions, everything is about a baby after that. So it's natural that there's a lot of anxiety and a lot of guilt associated with becoming a mother. Uh-huh. Yeah. And the societal expectations that are unavoidable and are pervasive in almost every mode of communication and in almost every moment of every day about who we are supposed to be and what we are supposed to be to our children. Yeah. This ideal. Right. Yeah. And and there's there's so much of a struggle just between whether well, there's society telling us who we should be as mothers, whether we should be working mothers, stay at home mothers, whether we should be uh, breastfeeding mothers, formula feeding mothers, homeschooling mothers, right. <laughs> all kinds of different varieties of mothers that you could potentially be. And then there's struggles between mothers. You know, you, you tell your friend that you're breastfeeding and you start an argument, not meaning to, but well, I'm not breastfeeding and my kid is just fine. My kid made an A in math and they're doing, I inadvertently started an argument with a friend of mine because my daughter's taking an advanced math class. Well, her son is not taking an advanced math class. And I was read the riot act because I was told that I shouldn't be pushing my daughter to do accelerated math because that's not going to serve her well in the future. And I didn't mean to start that you know, <laughs> argument. And I didn't, it was, I made somebody else feel inferior, Yeah, but she felt pressured and she felt like she needed to defend something that I did not feel she needed to defend, but she felt she needed to defend. And it's because of there's mommy wars, right? Because society has told us this is how you should raise your children. And we should always be raising our children to be the best. And we should always be raising our children to excel and to be the best. And to do that means that we have to be the ones who are there, you know, with those flashcards for math and uh-huh. go through different vocabulary words. And maybe we don't always have the time for that. And so a lot of that comes back to us and we feel guilty when our kids aren't in the accelerated program or they're not the best one on the soccer team or, or whatever it is. But, you know, there are a lot of ways that society tells us who, how we should be a mother. And then when our kids aren't what society tells us that they should be, or when we're not the parent that society tells us that maybe we should be, or, or we don't look like our neighbor and their kid or that family, then it can create some guilt. Yeah. And there's, you know, for working moms, then there's the added level of guilt of being maybe away from your child because of work, if you have to travel because of work. 
that guilt of not being that perfect parent that's there to pick them up as soon as school is over, you know, and then taking them to the fair or I don't even know what people do um, when they, you know, when they're off in the middle of the day and they can pick them right up from school and I don't know, take them to soccer and, and then to swimming and then have a wholesome dinner that they've prepared from scratch. There are just all these things that demand not just time, but attention and effort and energy that we just don't always have. And if we don't have it, then it's just contributes to this feeling that you aren't delivering everything that you should be delivering for your child. Yeah. I know that you and I have previously talked about the book, uh, Cheryl Sandberg's book, Lean In. Um, And you know, I've, I've not read the entire book. I started reading bits and pieces of it and I didn't feel like I connected very well with the book. Um, not because I don't feel like there was any validity to it. I I felt like there was a lot of validity to it, but it it just wasn't my personal experience. I didn't, I didn't feel like it connected for me, but there was another piece in Atlantic magazine that I connected with quite a bit better by Anne-Marie Slaughter and uh, somebody else actually wrote about it in Forbes magazine. And there's a, a quote that I think sums up what we're talking about. And it's that uh, women who have managed to be mothers and top professionals are either superhuman, rich or self-employed. Yeah. And I think that that probably sums up how a lot of people feel about that. You know, I have, two kids of my own who are, you know, and I'm a working professional as well. And, you know, I often see them friends who are out with their families and I wonder how their parents are there. And I've come to realize it's because they're rich and they're self-employed. Yeah. (laughs) I've yet to meet one that's superhuman, but you know, a lot of them have live in nannies or live in help. Uh Uh-huh that's how they're going out. It's not because any of us have the extra time or energy. Um, And I think energy is a huge thing because sometimes even if I have the time, I don't have the energy because it's so zapped by everything else. And I think that people don't give the proper credit to the things that they are doing. So when you come home and you've put in a full day's worth of work, And then you have to take kids to soccer practice or you have to cook dinner or you have to clean a house. All of those things matter. All of those things are work. All of, you know, if you have to do homework, that's mental work after you've already put in a long day worth of mental work. So, you know, and we don't give a lot of value to the things that we do at home. We treat them as chores that have to be done. We don't treat them as parts of something that that we're doing that are valuable or that matter or that are important we we just treat them like a checklist things that have to be done like the laundry or ironing yeah. and i think that if we reframe the way that we look at that or we start thinking of ways that we can do things that aren't maybe the way that we think of a normal maybe traditional way of something like a a family meal, for instance, Um, you know, we don't do family meals the way that we did them when I was growing up in my house because we don't have the time to do them. Uh My mom put a lot of stock in 
despite how much she worked in a day and my mom worked a full-time job, she came home and everybody sat down at the table and had dinner together that day because that's how she was brought up. That's how I was brought up. And I don't have the ability to do that. So we get meals where we can. We do try to eat together, but that might mean we're standing in the kitchen eating crackers. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, they might have ham or turkey or something else with them yeah (laughs) but we might eat in the car on the way to soccer practice wherever it is that we're going but we've had to reframe the way that we look at it and it was hard for my kids I think to really get in the groove of okay this is definitely not what my friends are doing and this is probably not normal for you know what is considered a family meal but it works for us and we're all together and that's okay yeah well you're saying that's not normal, but I'm not sure that, you know, that there actually is a normal anymore. And, you know, your description of the family meal and, and, you know, everybody having the same, you know, being able to sit down together and, you know, have this homemade meal and enjoy each other's time and talk about how your day was. I think that the back of our mind that shared, potentially shared experience contributes to the feeling of guilt because we can't deliver that same experience to our kids because we just work more than our parents did. We just do. There's data that we are spending more time working. Um, We commute a lot more. And our kids also have a lot more demands on their time than kids used to. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So taken in whole we like to think about this romantic idea of this ideal family but i i'm not sure that that is realistic today for the average family no i don't think so either yeah and so maybe you know getting meal on the fly and if you have crackers and cheese and you know get some chicken mcnuggets in the car And I'm a public health professional, so believe me, I understand what that means. (laughs) But this is the reality, and you want to get your kids fed, and and, but then you feel guilty. Well, you know, darn it, I didn't get a nice, you know, she didn't have a vegetable for dinner again. Right. So that the feeling that you're not carrying on the legacy and doing what you should do contributes to a feeling that you have you are not providing your family with a full experience maybe. Yeah. I think that definitely happens. I think that there's a lot of guilt that comes with, I mean, I feel guilty when we eat, you know, driving down the road and then I feel guilty when there's crumbs in my car and I get upset about it. Yeah. I feel guilty when we eat fast food because I know that that is not something I want to be feeding my kids. I mean, there's so many things that we could feel guilty about, but that is our normal because our normal is busy and because our, my normal is sitting in two hours of traffic to work and back. And I think that while there was an opportunity for there to be a more normalized family look 20, 30 years ago, that just like you said, there's not a normal look for a family now. Um, you know, in my family, my kids are with me some days of the week. They're not with me some days of the week. It's all different. So they may eat a meal with their grandmother one day a week. 
But and so then I feel guilty that somebody else is providing them something that their mother couldn't provide for them. So yeah, there are a lot of ways that people make us feel guilty, whether that's something that we did wrong or or we feel that we did wrong or because somebody said to us, you should, you know, when you go to the doctor and the doctor says, is your kid getting, you know, a vegetable and a lean protein? And are you sitting down and having family meals together? And you can't answer yes with that. Is that because that's your fault? Well, it's not your fault. That is because that's the way your life is. And it's because you're providing for your child. And that's not something that you should be made to feel guilty about. You shouldn't feel guilty about providing for your child because you're working. And because at the end of the day, you have no more to give. Because if you're not taking care of yourself, you can't take care of your child. And maybe you need to sleep at the end of the day. Maybe you need to give yourself some space. Because that's what you need to be a good parent. And not enough people are thinking about that. Yeah. No, I think that is an excellent point. I remember reading years ago before we had a, a daughter, somebody wrote, you know, I would come home from work and I'm grouchy and my children just want my attention and I just bark at them. And that's the time that they needed me the most. And now I know exactly what that person was writing about. I, you know, I come home from work. I'm exhausted. I want to vent about something that's happened at work or some, you know, horrible affront or, you know, a road rage incident or who knows. And that's what's on my mind when I come home from work. Mm -hmm. And my daughter just wants to give me a hug and tell me about her day. But the first thing on my mind is, oh, my gosh, this guy cut me off. Mm-hmm. And then, I, you know, and then I feel bad, like, well, that was really stupid because I should have obviously turned my attention to my daughter. But then again, I think we have to give ourselves permission to sometimes do it wrong. And um, just, you know, next time I'm going to be sure to give her a hug the first time when I first come in the door and vent about something stupid after that. Right. And I struggle with that constantly because I find it very hard to let go of things that bother me or that upset me. And I've tried to really work on that the older I get to leave work at work and and focus on the things that are important to me that are right in front of me. I've been focusing on being present, but I, I find that things will happen and then I'm, I'm short with my kids or I don't pay attention or if I'm texting somebody back about something that has to do with work or class or, or whatever it is that, you know, they're talking to me and I'm not giving them my attention and that's not fair to them. And of course that makes me feel guilty after the fact. And, and in a way, I guess I should feel guilty about that because that's taking time away from them and they're in front of my face at that moment. And that's what I should be doing. That's who I should be paying attention to. But we're also in an age where work doesn't stop just because you leave the office. Exactly. Some things require attention at that time. And so I've had to learn to have conversations with my kids that say, sometimes I'm going to need to deal with a certain situation. And it's not that I'm not paying attention to you. It's not that I don't want to spend time with you or be in the park with you, but I have to deal with a situation that just happened or, you know, whatever it is. And I think that being more communicative about issues that are adult issues that 20 years ago we didn't have to talk to kids about are things we have to do now. My kids know that they know more about 
issues I have with my students than my mom, than I knew about issues my mom had with her employees. My kids know more about work than what I did when I was growing up, just because my work follows me now because of the ability of my phone. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's, that's really an important point. That is something completely different from when we grew up. I think that for the most part, people left work and it was done for the day. And that isn't the case anymore. It follows us on email. It follows us on text. And the expectation, I would guess, for the average job is that, you know, if they send you an email at night that you're going to respond. So it's really hard to unplug. We taught, used to, you know, the big thing was screen time for our children, which obviously it's still important. But I think adults have way more screen time than than kids because we're constantly monitoring email, monitoring texts, what's going on, what just came up at work that you know requires my attention. And by definition, it takes your attention away from your family. And again, an expectation of work that is rather new for our society. But then when you get, you know, you answer the email, you take your attention away from your family, you deal with whatever situation, and then you know what? You feel like the pits because, mm-hmm. you know, I just missed my daughter was reading a book and she was really excited to tell me about something, but I had to go and answer that email. And so that moment is gone. Right. And I think there's a gender component to that because, you know, when my kid's father, leaves to go take care of work, that's expected. And that's seen as normal and okay. But when mom has to go take care of work, it's why do you have to go take care of work? Can that not wait? Can they not do that without you? Yeah, definitely. (laughs) They can't do that without me. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Yeah, well, and I think that there are so many societal cues, you know, what the ideal mommy is doing for kids even you know if you just scan across magazine covers um you know these gorgeous meals now who has the time like really and you know it's it's easy meals in under 40 minutes please if i had 40 minutes (laughs) right i'm so glad you said that because i actually just had a conversation with somebody who's writing about food issues and mothering And she, one of the biggest things she talks about is all the cookbooks that are 30 minute and under cookbooks. And she said, you know, great idea, but who has any of those ingredients in their house? Yes. Uh And then you have the cookbook and you think, oh, well, this will be a great meal and I can provide a meal for my family and it'll be a good, healthy meal and we can all eat together and it'll be great. Everything in under an hour. And then you feel guilty because you have none of these ingredients in the house And you feel like a failure. Yeah. And she's like, this happens to me every week. (laughs) Yeah. And then you get home late and forget it. I don't have that hour to make that meal. So we'll have the crackers and cheese instead. I'll do the meal tomorrow. And then you're late again tomorrow or something comes up or there's soccer. I mean, yeah, these these magazine covers just kill me. And then you, you just feel again like the pits like. So everyone else is eating these great meals that they're spending, you know, 30 minutes and under making, but I'm microwaving this frozen meal again. Yep. 
and you know, and a lot of people are, I always say there's a huge socioeconomic factor at play with food as well. If you don't have the time to make a meal, that's one thing. If you don't have the money to make a meal, that's a completely different situation. Um, you know, a lot of people can't make a healthy meal and that is a whole nother issue when it comes to guilt. And, you know, a lot of my friends are buying their foods boxed. They have subscriptions to meal service. And so their meals come to them and they're ready to be made. They're pulling them out of boxes and making them. Uh I've not gotten on board yet, but, you know, a lot of my friends, that's what they're doing. And so um, I'm from a really rural area where a lot of people don't have access to, one, fresh food. Yeah. Two, they don't have access to grocery stores. They have to drive an hour to a grocery store in the first place. And three, they just don't have access to good food. Uh A lot of them are poor. It's a very impoverished area. So they don't have a lot of money to spend on eating good food. Yeah. It's cheaper to eat poorly. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, and that's not something you feel good about as a parent lot of people in those areas and they know that they they know that that sets up poor eating habits for their children they know that that leads to you know health conditions for their children they know that their children are suffering from more health conditions than than children on a national level but they also know that there's not a lot they can do about it and that hugely makes them feel guilty about it but there's not a lot that they can do about it because their hands are tied yeah they don't have access to jobs they don't have access to a lot of the things that we take for granted in in areas that you know where we have jobs and we have a better economy Uh so people who have guilt for lots of different reasons and mothers have guilt for lots of reasons and lots of different reasons and you know there are a lot of ways that we can feel like we're failing to take care of our kids even when there's not much we can do to change our situation Uh uh-huh yeah well I think the best way that I can summarize our conversation is that parents do the best that they can for their kids. Parents love their kids. They do the best they can. And we have to give, we have to give ourselves a break. I think we have to give ourselves permission to just do the best that we can and acknowledge that other parents are doing the best that they can. And it's not always perfect, but it's the best that we can provide at that time. Yeah. And that we're not all going to do it the same way. I think that if I can tell parents anything and what I always try to tell parents is, you know, you see it on social media all the time, parents telling other parents that they're doing it wrong. Nobody made anybody else an expert on what was right. Yeah. There are of course parenting experts, but I don't know what makes them an expert. You do what's right for your child, and maybe that works for your kid, and maybe that doesn't work for the next kid. And what worked for my first child didn't work for my second child. And you figure it out for yourself, and you let the person who's standing next to you figure it out for their child. And if they ask you for your opinion or they ask for your help, then give it, but don't make it the law. And I know you and I have talked about this in the past, but women need to support one another. And the best thing we can do as mothers is to just be helpful and always try to help the mother standing next to us or, you know, lend a hand. And, you know, that's, I think the best thing that we can do is 
just be a community of mothers as opposed to competing against one another and try and normalize not being normal, right? (laughs) Yeah, no, I could not have summarized better. That is so important and um, so critical, a community of moms supporting each other. That's, That's great. Well, thank you so much, Lakeisha, for taking time to step across that taboo line and admit that sometimes um, we're not always perfect parents and it's okay and we can talk about it and maybe we should be talking about it more. And so I thank you for joining me for this important conversation and lending your opinion and for being a great mom. Thank you as well. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Women Transcend. If you enjoy our show, an easy way to help support us is to tell at least one friend about us and how they can find us. You would be surprised at how many people do not know about podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so that you can be sure you won't miss an episode because it will automatically load in your podcast player each week. A big thanks to Dr. Lakeisha Anderson for today's interview. And of course, as always, to John Philbeck for doing all of the fabulous sound artistry so that we sound so good. Follow us on Facebook at Women Transcend. We have some great conversations there, so join us. We always enjoy hearing from you. That's all for this episode. <music>